to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring and Kirsten Kotsian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation oh, Army. Do it, Melissa. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. This is great. First of all, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, we're super excited for this episode, and it's going to be a little different. We don't have Carrie with us. So if you listen to the episode that was about um, uh, camp life, Camp Englewood, uh, Kiri did that one on her own. <laughs> and now we have one with just me. And it is so weird because truly Kiri and I need each other in the podcast. We like balance each other out. And if you've listened for a long time, you know, like Shannon Martinez is on this episode and she is like, she's shaking her head. She knows that we need each other. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna see exactly. And for the record, Shannon (laughs) came to this recording (laughs) with her barracks t shirt on. This is huge, and you can't see it because this is a podcast, but (laughs) I am gonna get a picture of it of the screen at some point so that you can see this. I'm such Um, a fan. Shannon really is. She might be our number one fan. I'm not sure. We've got some people who are like a little offended. I'm a little offended, but I didn't come with my t-shirt on, so I'm very resourceful in his holding. I mean, she's really she's showing us. She's showing us the loyalty. I can't Um, hide in it. So we're gonna dive right in. So today's episode. Oh my gosh, Melissa has a a barracks cup. Yes. Look at all this swag that you guys have. Yeah. That's good because that, man, those mugs, if anybody got, <laughs> if anyone got one of the barracks mugs, man, do not put that thing in the microwave. It will explode. Okay. I will tell you that right now. It is not, it's like a campfire mug. So it like goes in the fire. Yeah. I tried to do things the cheap way. It didn't work. So anyway, I've been fired. I fired my own self from swag. Just kidding. There'll be more coming out. So um, on that note, so today's episode is called The Tribe Life, Parenting and Ministry. And it's a conversation um, that I think came from hanging out with Josh and Robin Hubbard uh, around New Year's Eve time. and, And they just were talking about parenting and the different um, challenges and joys that they face in parenting. And, you know, on my end, we, um, and Kiri's end, uh, we have a lot of friends and loved ones in life that have kids and, you know, we're involved in, in their lives and in their formation. And so it just, as we were talking, it just seemed like something that should get, um, an episode. So, uh, the three people that we have with us today, um, are Melissa Bledsoe, Shannon Martinez and Josh Hubbard. And we thought of them because one, we love each one of them. And two, um, they're just really amazing parents and people in general. Um, And so we're just really excited to have them on. And we're just going to dive right in. So if you guys want to uh, just briefly introduce yourselves, um, just, you know, main highlight points that you'd like us to know 
Um, and I'm going to have Josh start. Okay. Uh, my name is Josh. I am the Corps Officer in Indianapolis, Eagle Creek. Um, we've been there for seven months, and uh, our daughter is almost six months. So oh. do the math. She's so cute. Awesome. Okay, Shannon. All right. My husband, David, and I are officers in Dearborn Heights, uh, Michigan. This is uh, our third year here, but our third appointment. So we've been officers about 12 years, and um, we have five boys. Uh, Ed is our oldest. He's 22 in college at Wheaton. Um, Elijah is 13 in seventh grade. Samuel is almost 11 next Monday. And um, he's in fifth grade. Malachi is my second grader, eight years old. And then my youngest is Zion, who is five in preschool. (laughs) So I have five sons. They're in five different schools. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa's face is so priceless right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) So, so love that. Oh my gosh, man, that's, that is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, Melissa, you're up. (laughs) So I am Melissa. I um, am am an employee of the Chicago Crock Center. Um, I've been here for about a year and a half now. And actually, today is Maxwell's birthday, and he uh-huh. is five today. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Happy birthday, Maxwell. He would appreciate this. He he is very happy to have all the attention today. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure he is. Not yes. on any other day, of course. His personality, yes. He, <laughs> he loves all the attention. So, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um. Sorry, I I like lost my questions here. Okay, so this question is going to be kind of geared towards Shannon and Melissa. So whoever wants to answer first, go ahead. Uh, But the question is, what are some um, big parenting lessons that you've gone through? Not now, we're not asking for like mastered lessons, but like work in progress. Um, What are some of those lessons that you're going through? Okay, I'll go because I have lots. So I just kind of wanted to hone in on a couple of them, um, or at least the ones that really came to my mind um, right away. And so my first one is I learned right away that I, I cannot be a perfect parent. Um, Mm -hmm. I had great parents, but they weren't perfect. um, And I Mm -hmm. can't be a perfect parent. I'm an, I'm an only child. So I I know all about wanting the attention, right. And I'm a perfectionist by nature. And so there's just a part of me that wants to be the best or wants to be really good. Um, but I heard something recently and it, and it really related to me and it said, you can't be the perfect parent, but you can be a prayerful parent. Mm. And really for a long time, I have really been focusing on my prayer life and even on my boys' prayer life. Um, And so I I can be a woman of prayer and a Mm. parent of prayer. And that kind of encounters that I'm not a perfect parent. And and I don't want to even think, and I think this is a part of it, is that like all the Martinez have this like picture perfect, then beautiful prayer 
family, you know, around the kitchen table and at night, you know, like Norman Rockwell photo, like it's (laughs) actually the opposite. It's like squirrels jumping all over the room, shouting out, (laughs) you know, what they're thankful for, which is anywhere from like, um, well, let's, I'll try and be like G rated, but like body parts and stuffed animals, (laughs) you know, like they're crazy, you know, whoopee cushions. These are what they're thankful for today. Um, and I have like ranges of how they pray. So I have one son that will pray forever. I mean, like I have, and that, that's <laughs> great. Okay. Oh, good. for All right. Let's let, move it. You know, like, <laughs> and I have other boys that like, I have to, you know, force out two words mm-hmm. to get them to do. Um, but they, I, I want to encourage them in their prayer life. And I need to be a prayerful parent, not a perfect parent. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my, my first big one. And then my second one's kind of twofold. Um, is, and then I'll, I'll pass, pass it on tag team to my partner, um, okay. Melissa. But kind of that fact that I'm not per- perfect, I, I allow God to redeem my failures. Mm-hmm. Because I mess up all the time. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just do. Um, and so I've had to just hand that back to God, um, and really allow him to use my failures then to teach my children and, and the importance of apologizing of, of having my boys recognize, okay, what I just did, that was not cool. Like when I lost my school because I'm tired and I've got all these excuses, but these are not good excuses and I should not have responded that way to you. And Mm -hmm. And, and, and being willing to, to say I was wrong, mom, mm-hmm. mom needs to take a time out. Mm-hmm. And even though all of these are, you know, maybe reasons why I did that, it's, it's not, it's not cool. And I should mm-hmm. not have, you know, raised my voice in that way. I should not have taken it out of you. And um, so admitting when I've messed up and even saying, I'm sorry to my children, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I want mm-hmm. them to know they need to say sorry when they mess up. Like mm-hmm. they need to say, you know, I forgive me for, for hurting your feelings that way, mm-hmm. for treating you, you know, with disrespect. And mm-hmm. if I can do that, then they'll feel more comfortable to be able to say it to me um, mm-hmm. and to others to apologize. Um, so really allowing God to redeem my failures um, and then allowing them to see the power of an apology. Uh, to mm-hmm. one another because they're constantly on one another. I mean, siblings. <sighs> I was an only <laughs> child. I had no idea, you guys. I had no idea the joy, quote unquote, of siblings. Um, so <laughs> I have to look at my husband, who is you know one of five, and I'll be like, "This is normal, right? Like they really <laughs> love one another, you know." And he's like, "Yes, this is totally normal, honey. Don't worry, don't worry." <laughs> um, but allowing them to uh, be who they are but um, apologize when, they're, when they mess up and then mm-hmm. using that to, to teach a lesson. Why yeah. does God ask us to treat one another nicely? Why does God want us to be good examples? Why um, as a family are we supposed to treat one another in love? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, then sometimes their apologies come out more like, you know, I'm sorry that you were a jerk and made me, <laughs> you know, punch you in the face. Uh, <laughs> That's real. It's getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So those are like those are so blanketed. I know there's so many more, but like I'm not a perfect parent. 
but we, we're going to pray. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fail, but we're going to use even my, my weaknesses, my failures um, to teach, teach good lessons because mm-hmm. this is life and this is how we need to respond when we mess up. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Shannon. Melissa, what about you? Parenting lessons. Um, I also wrote down two. Two of my parenting lessons is um, my first one in which I am actually still learning. Um, I need to let go of my idea of parenting, meaning, you know, when like when I found out I was pregnant, you know, you all the thoughts came to mind as to what kind of parent I want to be as far mm-hmm. or what kind of parent I'm expected to be. You know, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that, you know, Maxwell gets to this practice and then we sign him up for that and that we have dinner around the table and that I'm able to balance work and home and all of this and that. And um, when that kind of hit the fan, <laughs> like three <laughs> months in, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I literally had to like show myself some grace Mm-hmm. And um, tell myself, you know what? How I want to parent is how I want to parent. And mm-hmm. if my parenting style, if it works for my house, and of course, if it lines up to, you know, the way that God wants us to raise our kids, mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, and so that goes into my second one. Um, so my first one was to let go of my idea of parenting, but to know that my parenting style is mine. You know, yeah. and owning what, how I do want to raise, you know, Maxwell and, uh, well, how we want to raise Maxwell, my husband and I, and um, knowing that whatever we, you know, okay, so like, for instance, Maxwell is on this chicken nugget, peanut butter jelly, and tater tot kick. And like, that, that sounds delicious. Can't, it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I remember being in his um, pediatrician office because he, his pediatrician had asked me, you know, so what's been Maxwell's, you know, meals and all of this and that. And I'm like, let me just be honest with you. My child is like binge eating table tots and ketchup. Like that's the staple right now. <laughs> and as long as he's eating, it's fine, you know, and like, and I don't know if my pedi- if his pediatrician intended to, but he, like, I felt really bad leaving the office because you know well he needs to be eating fruits and vegetables and this and that and I shared that with someone because I'm in complete tears you know and they're like where he's for what what do you expect you know he's gonna you know um so then it was really from that point and that was literally just last year where Mm. I've come to terms that my parenting style is my parenting style. There are many days and nights. And, and if you know Maxwell, Maxwell is like three children in one. Bless his little <laughs> heart. Um, but that's, that's just him. And I've learned to accept that. Um, but there are plenty of times where like before I go to bed or even when I wake up, you know, I literally say, I kept my child alive today. Mm. <laughs> and if I didn't do anything else, my kids survived today. And, um, and, that's me showing me grace and understanding that, you know, not trying to keep up with the Joneses, but understanding, mm-hmm. um, that's, uh-oh. Okay. okay. Sorry. Maxwell's okay. calling me now. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to show myself some grace and, and know that my parenting style is mine and that I have time to develop what kind mm-hmm. of parent I want to be. I mean, he's five. It feels like we've been parents for long, for longer than that, but, 
it's only been five years and, you know, there's so much more. I come from a big family. It's nine of us. And so I just see it as my mom's parenting style was survival mode, like Hunger mm-hmm. Games. <laughs> <laughs> so we just all got to make it, you know. And uh, but just coming to a household of just me, Mario and Max, you know, I have to I have to develop my own parenting style and I have to own it. So that may means that I may have to stand up to people who may not agree with the fact that my kid eats peanut butter and tater tots, you know, throughout the week. Um, and just saying, you know, that works for my house, you know, that works for my kid. And, um, you know, so just, just learning. I mean, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, especially when you're trying to keep up with a facade of parenting, you know, Mm -hmm. dress them a certain way. And I'll, I mean, once upon a child, which is a kid retail shop has been my best friend. You know, yeah. because Maxwell grows out of clothes and, and, and in a neighborhood that, you know, we stay in and, and the kind of school he goes to, you know, the kids are in name brand clothes and all of this. And now here's my kid walking in with a dinosaur in his T-shirt that was probably owned by three other people. But that's OK. Right. That's OK. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I think that's been the biggest one. And I'm probably elaborating on that a lot more. Um, but I think that goes into understanding and uh, really loving the kind of personal relationship you have with God. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God and how he parent and shepherds you. That's how he does you. And in that Mm -hmm. same scope is how I'm learning to be with Max. How I am a parent to him is my parenting to him, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, and in some, in the same token, how another parent parents their child and maybe things that I may not necessarily agree with, um, but it's not my kid. Right. Period. You know, um, but how I raise mine is how I raise mine. So um, I'm still learning that it's still, like you said, it's still a work in progress. Um, but I do thank God for that kind of revelation that um, that has allowed me to be able to show myself some grace. That's so good. Yeah, that's really important. That analogy that you made with, you know, like God is the shepherd and the parent. Um, like that's, that's, I had never thought about it that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Um, so going on to uh, the next question, I'm going to have Josh mm-hmm. uh, answer this one uh, first. Uh, but Josh, what are some unique challenges of parenting in the Salvation Army as an officer? You're an officer there in Indy at Eagle Creek, and you've been there for what, seven months? Seven months, um, yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen as some unique challenges of parenting? Yeah, I think um, the the biggest thing that pops out to me as a challenge is just uh, like the schedule that, mm-hmm. and, and I, I can only speak for myself. I've only been an officer here, but I think it's probably common um, in ministry that the schedule that we keep is uh, rather inconsistent, mm-hmm. which is a challenge for myself. But then when you bring a, a baby in on that, mm-hmm. it becomes challenging as well. Um, so the constant going um, different places, having be required to go here. And we, um, we're in a city, um, which is great and we love it, but that adds more, um, things that we get to go to and be a part of. And uh, we love those things, but, um, they add challenges when we kind of want to set up a framework for our daughter. Yeah. We want her to, um, when it's her nap time, not even when we want her to do something, when it's her, like when it's her time to take a nap and, uh, we have to, you know, make these things, um, 
fit into a schedule. And it could be as simple as like a meeting or as simple as like a phone call that like someone needs something and yeah. you, you got to answer it and you kind of have to figure out what parenting looks like um, in those demands. So I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, but I also think that there's a blessing in that. And I don't, I don't think that, I think that's the other side of this coin is that um, we're blessed because we get to bring our daughter to work, um, mm. to ministry. Yeah. And not everyone gets that opportunity. So although we have these challenges, um, part of the challenge is that we get this blessing to bring her along. And so it's, uh, we have our daughter at work, um, but someone needs us. What does that look like? Um, and sometimes the places that we go as officers, um, we don't necessarily feel is the safest for our daughter to go yet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, something that's kind of unique to us is we oversee um, the work at a booth manor that's um, in our, in our block. And uh, we love that ministry and we love those people. Um, but that building and the things that are in the building are, are not best for a newborn um, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. or for someone who is, you know, still developing. So, so at times it's like, so, so there's an ambulance at booth manor. We got to go. Um, and that's when we, we have people, again, the blessing is we have people that love our daughter and we say, Hey, can you watch her for five minutes? Got to run over there. Or can you watch her for five minutes? We need to go meet with the resident. Um, yeah. So that, that is a challenge. Um, go, again, places that we, we are called to go to are not always the safest for our daughter. Um, so how does that look and, and kind of figure that out? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Um, I so often think about, you know, things like CBLI or I guess that's someone that's coming up uh, to mind. Um, because you, you have to fit your life and your kids into a schedule that might not be their schedule. Like if they're supposed to be napping at a time when you're like, they can't nap, like that has to be really difficult to kind of navigate those things and make those decisions. Um, so I know that was just something that came to mind as you were talking, Josh, um, before I, cause I want to go to Melissa, um, but before I go to Melissa about that same question, Josh, can you speak to um, maybe gender stereotypes? Do you think that those have a play uh, or they play a role in ministry that you've experienced? Uh, has there been challenges that kind of come around some of those stereotypes? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and I think, I don't think people that I've come across with, they're consciously stereotyping mm-hmm. men as dads or, or whatever. Um, but I, we definitely have noticed the tone with people, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to like business things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, we go to advisory board meetings at DHQ and the expectation is that I'm going to be there, but Robin mm-hmm. might be at home with the baby. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where we, I say, well, why don't I get to be home with the baby? Like, why am, why am I the one obligated? Like, how do you know that that's my gifting? Mm. But because I'm a man, the man should be at these business meetings or even just like being in the office. Um, the yeah. conversation often with people is, oh, you probably stay at home to Robin. You probably stay at home with the baby, right? So that Josh can be in the office. And, uh, you know, yeah. we, we have the same appointment. Um, and in fact, Robin has more, uh, seniority than I do. So we joke that she is 51% the officer and I'm only 49%. Uh, but like we, we share the load, we have the exact same thing, but the expectation is that 
I need to be more present because she mm-hmm. has to be, she has to be more present with her daughter. So it's like, and I, again, I don't think people consciously are like doing this thing, but I think, I think society has so long played that role. Yeah. It's just subconscious in, in people's minds. Mm-hmm. But I, it's definitely something that we deal with all the time of just, you know, comments and, and even like, again, as society dictates, I can't tell you how many times I like have to look for a changing pad because um, there's not one in the men's bathroom. Yeah, like, yes. I, I will go. I've gone into like the woman's bathroom to change her because mm. the women yeah. had one, but the men didn't. And so, mm. again, society kind of affects ministry, um, the church mindset, because it's just so prevalent. Yeah. Those are really good points for sure. Um, Melissa, I'd like you to speak to that question as well. What are some unique questions, or I'm sorry, challenges of parenting in the Salvation Army as a soldier, as a local leader? Um, You are so invested in the ministry there. Uh, What are some of those challenges? And then if you, again, to the gender stereotype, if you have anything to add to that, we'd love to hear your insight. Mm -hmm. Um, So for myself, um, I always say I'm in a unique situation because I, I, I work where I worship. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not only my, my job, but it's also my church. And right. so, which means um, when I explain it to people, I technically work on Sundays um, because I oversee our um, Sunday schools and um, cradle roll and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but it's also a time that my family comes to worship. And so um, one of the unique challenges that I face is um, finding that balance between work and home. Um, because of there, there's plenty of days, typically on Wednesdays, Maxwell is here with me at work, you know, and I praise God that we do have a kid zone and he absolutely loves it. And they do love on my child. But having to separate you know, and find that balance in between, okay, so when can I bring Max? When can he be at home and all of this and that? And um, and having to not feel guilty if Maxwell is sick or if I need to take a sick day or if I need to do this and I need to do that um, because my my job is ministry. And, um, mm-hmm. and not only is it ministry, but I am a paid employee. And so I have to adhere to, you know, the, um, you know, the policies and procedures as to how I approach those things. And, um, which, um, thankfully I haven't faced that within the last year and a half or whatnot. And, um, or even really major before, but there had been times while I've had to share, you know, um, I can't come to work church (laughs) on Sunday because Mm -hmm. Maxwell is at home with a cold, you know, um, but with that, I'm also on the praise team. I'm also, you know, um, oversee like our youth Bible studies and all of this and that. And so, again, it's that that challenge of, you know, when do I find time for making sure that I'm investing in, in his, you know, ensuring that I'm pushing, well, not pushing, that I am pointing Max in the direction of Christ you know, and all of this and that. And so I do thank God that I have a very, very supportive husband. And Mario mm-hmm. is like my, that's my man. <laughs> I don't know how to describe him um, mm-hmm. because he's so selfless. You know, on, mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, he's off. 
but he comes here with me. Um, mm-hmm. He also has a local officer's position. And there's been times where he'll say, Melissa, I got this. You go and you do this so that I'll pick up Max on Wednesday from school and all of this and that. So that doesn't break your routine and all mm-hmm. of this and that, and um, which is very helpful. And I, I do not take that for granted uh, because mm-hmm. there are people who are who may be in a predicament like me that may not have that spousal support or that parental mm-hmm. support, um, whether as a married unit or not. Um, where that, because of that gender role, you know, it is mom does everything. Mom runs here. She runs there. Then she also has to make sure the kids are home and fed. No, there Mm -hmm. are times where Mario, like tonight, tonight I'm here on Mondays. I'm here at the court until like nine or nine 30 because we have rehearsal. And, um, but Mario is home, you know, and he makes dinner on Mondays and he, you know, so, and that's not when we talked about this before we got married, as far as our parenting roles and stuff like that, this was a discussion. Well, Melissa, you would do this, you would do that. But like once Max got here, that went completely out the window. And, right. um, but we're okay with that. So mm-hmm. I, I do thank God that um, in my particular role here, now um, that I'm able to bring Maxwell to work with me on yeah. those evenings where we have core programs and stuff like that. And, um, and I make sure that I don't abuse that, mm-hmm. um, that, that that's a, a, com- a complete privilege that I have to bring Max with me to work as an employee. Um, and I don't, you know, overdo it with that. Um, yeah. But there are times where I do have to say, you know what, I may have to step back from this role because I'm not sure if it's work or if it's church related, but tonight I need to be a parent. So like Friday nights, mm-hmm. I don't do anything, you know, and that's yeah. typically youth night, but I've had to sacrifice that because it's the weekend and I'm here with my child during the week. So Fridays, that's our time. Um, yeah. And so to, to jump in, I'm sorry if I'm taking too long. Um, and as far mm-hmm. as like gender stereotyping, um, we've never really faced anything. And that could just be because I have no problem again. <laughs> <laughs> with saying, you know, what works for us works for us. Right. And um and I think that's just the A to me. Um mm-hmm. where there's times where Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Mario will take when Max was a baby, he would take him into the bathroom and he would do the changing because my role, I have always worked since Max has been born, I've always worked for the army and um mm-hmm. and in ministry roles. And so there are times where I'm like leading. So like like what Josh said. Uh, with Robin, you know, she typically takes on, that could be time, should I say, that she takes on those where she's at DHQ and stuff like that. And in that same scope, that I, we're like that, um, where I've had more responsibilities in the sense of the church or whatnot. So there were times where Mario was with Maxwell. He would walk around with the diaper bag and all of this and that. And there were t- plenty of times where I've heard, well, Melissa, maybe you should just step down. You know, this is just a job. Maybe you should just stay home. And, you know, and it's like, no, I know what God has called me to Mm. do. And if my husband doesn't have a problem with that, this does not concern you. You know, it should not concern you, should I say. And, um, and it's kind of taken aback because you would think that in a, in a, in a church, uh, people would be supportive you know, of two parents coming together to make things work, you know, but it was in this realm where it was people of the congregation. Well, Melissa, you're doing too much. You're a mom. You're this, you're that, you know, and it's like, but is he not a dad? You know, so mm-hmm. we have to not think that just because he have 
he's caring for Maxwell that he's babysitting him. No, that's his child. He's right. caring for him. It's not, he's yeah. not, he, no, he's not doing that. And so having to have each other's back um, as it goes to that in, in our church, which is disappointing. Um, but I mean, we're comfortable with it. We're confident in it. And um, I mean, Maxwell is, he loves to be at church. He asks us to come here. And I do thank God mm -hmm. for that. Um, so that alleviates a lot of um, stress and worry that maybe I'm bringing Maxwell to work too much, or maybe we spend too much time here. He loves it here just as much as I do. And, um, and Mario loves it here as well. So I think okay. that uh, these two questions were really good. And I think that there's still room for us to grow um, within mm -hmm. the army as far as um, letting go of those gender stereotypes and actually yeah. embracing the fact that we have mm -hmm. parents who are stepping up and um, loving on their children the way that they are. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Melissa. Can I jump in and say something? Yeah, um, go ahead. You, you, something that you said, I was thinking, we, like, uh, has been a conversation, how people kind of tell you, you know, you need to step down from mm -hmm. your ministry. And uh, we have heard kind of similar things. And, and But, like, again, to Robin, not to me, yeah. this idea that she can't fully be an officer and fully be a mom. Yeah. And, uh, and what you have said is what we always say, well, we believe that God called our family to be together. And we believe mm -hmm. that God called both of us to be officers. And that if that is the case, mm -hmm. would God call these two things to come in opposition to each um, other? So we, we feel, we felt the same thing, but we're also kind of in the same camp of God called us to this and uh, yep. there's a way. And there's just times where like, you have to be bold. And I say both because you have to protect the integrity of your family mm -hmm. enough to say, um, you know, if God has called us here, trust and believe. And he allowed us to bring in life. Trust and believe that he's going to allow this all to work. Yeah. And we know what we're doing, <laughs> even when you yeah. may not know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But trusting, oh. trusting you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's OK. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um. Shannon, do you have anything to say uh, toward this? I want to just invite you into that space because I think it's, uh, I, I don't want to make assumptions, but I bet that there's a lot of listeners who can really relate to this as officers, as soldiers, kind of this gender stereotyping thing. Um, do you have anything that you want to kind of share about that, Shannon, your personal experience or what you have to say about it? I don't know if maybe I, I just choose not to hear it, um, mm, or I just yeah. ignore it. I, I probably have, but I just haven't named it as such. I, I mean, I would never. Yeah. It's never occurred to me that I couldn't be an, a great officer and a great parent. Um, mm -hmm. I like that phrase that God doesn't stand up on His heavenly balcony and gasp <gasps> as if He's surprised at something. That's God right. knew I would have five sons. He knew he was calling me mm -hmm. to be an officer. And, um, mm -hmm. and so he's, he was never surprised at that. And, and yet he still very clearly called me to this ministry. Mm -hmm. He called my children to this mm -hmm. ministry. And mm -hmm. I know that there are some that will say, you know, well, you won't always be a, you know, an officer, but you'll always be a parent. And, and I'm not saying that I necessarily disagree, but I felt like I was a, a parent even before I was an officer. What? I feel like... Mm -hmm. I, it's just how God has designed it to be. Um, yeah. So I've never felt like I couldn't do both. Now there are stresses, mm -hmm. of course, where I'm like, ah, losing my mind. 
Um, but it ebbs right. and flows with the time. And, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, I, I think every profession has its challenges and its blessings. Mm-hmm. I do think the Salvation Army officer is a little unique, obviously, because we're moving around. And so that does create some other unique challenges. But David and I have been real, like, I don't know who, which one of it started it, you know, we'll, we'll share the idea. But even as young mm-hmm. boys, we would always tell the, tell the kids whenever we were doing something really fun, for example, or say, we would say, for like, we just got back from our officer um, kid party, you know, the family mm-hmm. fellowship that we get to do. And so we tell like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we get to go to the Kalahari this weekend. Why do we get to do this voice? Well, because you guys are officers. Mm-hmm. That's right. We get to go here mm-hmm. because we're officers, you know, and, and Josh even said this, which I, I like my ear picked up on when they get to go to, you know, Booth Manor, when we get to go to here and, and all these meetings and, mm-hmm. and we'll say, why do we get to do this? Well, be, you know, this is a highlight. It's, it's a blessing of being an officer's child, but then we also flip mm-hmm. it. Okay, we're at the core for the fourth night this week. Why do we mm-hmm. get to go to the core? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Why do we have to go here? Because your office ours. Um, and so there's mm-hmm. pluses and minus. We want the kids to recognize that there are challenges. Yeah, this is hard. We're we're going back here again. Mom's, you know, at at another function or whatever it is. And it's because I'm an officer. Um, and this is one of those net, you know, maybe not as fun things of being an officer kid, but there are other awesome things of being an officer's kid. Yeah. And this is one thing too. Now, are any of you officer kids? No, right? Mm-hmm. None of us, no. none of us are. Oh, this is kind of cool. So I have for years, for years, I will specifically ask officer children, what did your parents do that you really looking back on? Like recognize as a, as a positive of being an officer and, and being an officer's kid. What what did they do that was good? And maybe hmm. not like what did they do is bad, but like what was the hard thing about be, being an officer kid? Because I want to learn from them. I think they have so much to yeah. teach. And I yeah, want to, good. as an officer myself, I want to be the best officer parent I can be. And so I remember speaking with several of them and getting some really good stuff of what they really liked about being an officer's kid what they did not like and and I Mm -hmm. think a couple of those challenges of course moving it's hard and they don't like moving and we just did a really big move because we were in Des Plaines for seven years and that's all they knew and so then to come Mm -hmm. you know to move was really hard leaving behind your friends and family you know who's going to watch your kids you know when you're gone Mm -hmm. again um when your family Mm -hmm. in Indiana and or further away like that's that's tough um, who do you trust to, to watch your children? Um, all those changes, high expectations from core people. You know, they do. They just mm-hmm. naturally, whether they intentionally or unintentionally, have high expectations for the officer's kids. And so they have to live up to those expectations. And then, of course, sharing wow. sharing your parents with everybody. You know, it's yesterday, it's Sunday, and after church, you know, I'm trying to talk with everybody and say hello and thank you. And, you know, just like connecting with my people. And Zion is like my five-year-old. He's like on me, like glue, like hanging. And I felt like at one point I'm like dragging this poor kid around the, the sanctuary and he just like loses <laughs> it afterwards, which he does. He's five, right? Like that's what five-year-old mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then we get to the office. I'm like, okay, what is going on with you right now? And he is just like a blubbering mess. And he's like, it's just so hard to wait. 
like he's just crying because he had to wait for me mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so there's those those challenges of being you know an officer and and parenting mm-hmm. but like you guys mentioned too yeah. flexibility is huge we do have flexible um mm-hmm. to be able to to say hey I, i'm not gonna be in the office today because my kids don't have school and you know we're just gonna be home for the day um there's there is a lot mm-hmm. of flexibility that that is a huge blessing. And I also also have to say a, a great perspective, broader perspective. I mean, and I'm not dogging on those myself included lived in the same house 20 years, you know, went to the same school forever in the same city. Those are great things. And I think that's a great gift, but there's also mm-hmm. the gift of having different perspectives of different cities, different congregations, different people that they're not necessarily yeah. going to get in, just one place. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a gift to recognize. And then just making connections with people. They have so many grandparents. They're so lucky, you know, that mm-hmm. the amount of people that just love on mm-hmm. them. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I just, I love being an officer. I, I don't know if we say that enough, but I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love being an officer. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't days where I'm like, all right, white flag, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I do. I I love what we do, and um, and I just will mm. ignore anybody that tries to tell me. <laughs> yeah, can't do both. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, Shannon. Thank you. Um, just in kind of what you guys have all been talking about, you've been touching on the importance of other people besides your like nuclear family. Um, and I want to unpack that a little bit, Josh, I want to start with you. Um, this question might be kind of like a duh, but do you think it's important to invite others into the parenting process? And if so, what, why, and what might that look like? Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking, uh, a week or so ago, I was, uh, we were driving the car and I thought, man, if it was just Robin and I parenting, this would be super hard. Like, I don't think we could do it if it was just two of us parenting. And uh, so I I think, yes, you absolutely invite people in, um, one, for our own sanity. Um, Mm -hmm. They, I mean, people carry the load with us. Like, I can't, I can't say that enough and I can't thank people enough. But like, we are so blessed with people in our church that love our daughter, that Mm -hmm. we they, when they don't see her for a couple of days, like they miss her. Uh, they want to see her. They want to talk to her. They want to hold her. We have great employees that love her. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and again, part of that's us. And then, you know, I talked about, we have to go to Booth Manor. We are over there at least every week. And um, there's always someone that will say, yeah, I'll watch your daughter for five minutes or no, can I, they say, can I watch her this time? You know, kind of mm-hmm. fighting over that time for her. And uh, we we appreciate that. That helps us. I think that's part of doing ministry um, mm-hmm. is bringing people in there so that uh, there is a kingdom impact, right? What we do is not just for one person. It's a kingdom impact. And so the kingdom comes around us um, to make that impact yeah. as well as um, I think it, I think there is something, I know there's something that people get by being invited in. You know, I think about uh, the old ladies that sit in the back of our chapel. And when I walk around with AG, they say, let me see that baby. 
Let me see that baby. <laughs> I want to see that baby, right? And so I'll, there's just something that every everybody gets from being a part of this uh, parenting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they help us. They get something from it, and mm-hmm. uh, great things happen from it when we all kind of take a part. And again, I, I can't imagine. I could not imagine doing parenting with just Robin and I. Like I couldn't imagine it. We wouldn't be able to do it. We'd go crazy. So yeah. absolutely invite people in. Yeah. Good. Um, Shannon and Melissa, do you guys have anything that you want to speak to about kind of like the tribe life of parenting? I second what Josh said. Um, we have an amazing village <laughs> and there are days where, you know, my aunt, I call her my aunt because she's like my second mom and my aunt. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, there's not, why don't you come over? Why don't you do this? Why don't, you know, because I'll say like, mm-hmm. I am about to lose it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm about to lose it. And, um, and I had to trust, I had to learn to trust other people with Maxwell. Um, and I think that that's important for, especially first time parents and stuff to, to, to learn that we have to trust, well, we have to learn to trust people with our children um but that's important for other people to know too so you know we're not being stingy with our children you know we're, we're just yeah. learning and, and going through the trust process as well um but we have an amazing village like amazing and um and it's important like like josh said for your sanity parenting mm-hmm. is hard not mm-hmm. only is it is it hard and i say hard in the extent of like balancing you know, work and all of this and that and all that other stuff that goes with it. Um, but also juggling work and all of that. I mean, we wear so many different hats as parents. You know, one day we're a counselor. The next day we're, I mean, the next minute we're a chef and the next minute we're this, you know. And so mm-hmm. having to go through that process consistently, eventually we're, we're going to need to recuperate and we're going to need to rest. Even if that's, you know, um, taking a mental health day or a mental health hour or something like that where, you know, mm-hmm. you just pass off the kid and say, listen, can you just keep him for about an hour? And and that was actually something that I learned um, after I had Maxwell. My aunt taught me, you know, when you feel yourself getting stressed out because postpartum is real, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that that moment of depression that some women have um, is real. You know, she would tell me, sit the baby down and go take a minute. Go take mm-hmm. a minute and, and get yourself together and then come back and pick the baby up. I mean, she was like, even if you have to lay the baby on the floor and you just mm-hmm. walk away <laughs> to get mm-hmm. yourself together, um, you know, you do that. And so, um, and that was probably when I learned the important, um, the importance of village because I'm a first time mom and my aunt isn't. So she has experience and she has knowledge and, and I'm not ashamed to ask for, I mean, there are plenty of times I'm texting her in the middle of the night. Maxwell has a fever. What should I do? When is it? When should I take him to the hospital? How do I break a fever? How he won't stop puking. What can, what should I do? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And she's there. I have her as a resource. I have my mother-in-law as that person was bring Maxwell over for the weekend. I'll keep him. Why don't you and Mario go date? Why don't you go do this? Why don't you go do that? Or why don't mm-hmm. you go have a date to yourself? You know? Um, yeah. So having the right people as well yes. in your village um, speaks volume. And that village may not be 10, 20 people. 
Right. It, it may just be a couple of people, but those are your core people that you're mm-hmm. able to um, be able to. Um, I don't know how to say it. Like those are your core people in which that, you know, you can depend on and that yeah. they know that you're depending on them. You know, so it's it's healthy and um, and it's absolutely normal to have a village and um, and it's OK. Good. Um, I want to ask specifically Shannon and Josh uh, this question because you both have just kind of moved in the last several months. Uh, Shannon, you were at your previous appointment for seven years. Josh, this is your first appointment. And it's so good to hear how much, um, you know, everybody kind of on this in this conversation has those people and those resources in that tribe or village. Um, but what about the people who are listening who don't feel like they have found that where they are at right now? Um, so like physically by them, geographically by them, they're just having a hard time finding that community or tribe. Do do you have any advice or tips or suggestions on maybe how to go about looking for that support? I think I, I like what Melissa said too, about like, you, you have to take that step of like trusting of listening to the Lord as he puts people into your life and trusting him. Mm-hmm. You're trusting God. You're not, you know, like, to then put your trust in other people. And this whole time I'm smiling because Amanda, you, this is years ago. I think you would probably remember I first made contact with you. You were working at Metro's DHQ and the women's mm-hmm. department, right? Okay. Uh-huh. And I had, I didn't really know you at all. <laughs> I remember this email yeah. exchange. I was stressed. I was trying to get stuff done. I had a report that I needed to do. And, um, and I, I responded like, I, I probably snarky even <laughs> like, sorry, I'm not getting it done. <laughs> and you, oh, yeah. you could have totally taken that like so many ways. And you, your <laughs> response was, how can I help you? Like, you know, why don't I come over and take the kids for you? And you did, you totally came to my house. Yeah. And I honestly felt like God was saying, Shannon, I know you're stressed. Will you just let me, you know, help you, mm-hmm. help me help you, Shannon. And I've given yeah. you this person that, that is a good, wonderful, godly woman and trust mm-hmm. her with your kids. And so I did, I was like, all right, sure. You, you say you're going to help me. Let's, let's see what you, <laughs> see if you'll actually do what you say you're going to do. And you did, you mm-hmm. came over to my house. I don't know how many kids I had at that point. Who knows? <laughs> I, I think it was, it was all of them, wasn't it? Wasn't it like Zion, like a baby? I don't even know. It was a lot. I don't know. Like one, two, yeah. three, four. It all feels the same, you guys. It's one kid, 10 kids. It all feels a lot. <laughs> I just want to affirm you. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It's all hard. And I came yes. and watched my children. And I was like, I might even just went to Target. It didn't matter where I was going. I just <laughs> needed out of the house. And mm-hmm. um, but I think that's a big part of it is that God is is yeah. giving us opportunities. But sometimes we just, mm-hmm. you know, in the deception of Satan, we just want to do it ourselves, or we just don't feel that we can. And what if what will they think of us? Mm-hmm. What will they, you know, look at my house? It's a hot mess. Like they can't come over. Like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> let them into your hot mess, let them in to, to be what 
you know, the hands and feet of God. That's what the body of Christ is. And that still, mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, it was such a big blessing to me as we need the whole body of Christ. Um, and we fulfill, like you were talking, Josh, about like the older women in the back of the core. We're fulfilling a need for them just as much as they mm-hmm. can fulfill a need for us. And we are withholding mm-hmm. <laughs> a blessing and a provision by not allowing mm-hmm. people. And you're right though, Melissa, like there's that core people that, you know, it's like they have mm-hmm. the, there's boundaries. <laughs> there, are boundaries right. there are healthy boundaries. Um, but it's, we have to be open ourselves to say, okay, help. Mm-hmm. And like, as an officer, yeah. I say too, your session mates are important. Encourage one another and not just session mates, but other officers. We mm-hmm. are, you know, can be the greatest ally or the worst enemy to our own fellow soldiers. Like be one another's, you know, comrades in every way. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for my session mates and thankful for other officers. We have, a, I have like a, you know, text message group with other officers and, and one of them, you know, just had her first baby. And so she'll message Mm -hmm. me like, all right, you know, this is going on. What do you ladies think? And then we all get to chime in like, Oh no, is this okay? Don't worry yet. Um, here's our advice. See how this goes, but how do you feel? Like, what do you feel like is good? Um, and so we give and listen to one another, which I love and, and check in on one another. My best friend's calling me right now to check in on me. Shout out to her. Hey, Heather. <laughs> to make sure that I'm okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a good tribe. I love being part of, of the tribe. Good. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Josh. Yeah, I, I think uh, similarly, I, one thing I think we think a tribe has to be really close, but in this day of technology, like our, it, our tribe can be all over the place. You know, we m- move, um, but I think that our are the tribe that we had in Chicago is also, is still the tribe that we have here, but now just more people join that tribe. Mm. Um, so I think when people feel isolated, I don't know if that's the right word, but mm. um, I would, I would reach out to that tribe. And I feel like if you, like if you have, if it really is a tribe, like they're going to be there for you. So right. if it's like, you know, that I'm putting my baby down and I'm walking away because I need someone here. Mm-hmm. Like that's what your tribe is for. And they get in the car and they drive mm-hmm. um, and that, that we have that tribe that would get in the car and drive mm-hmm. for us. And I would also say something that I've learned is sometimes your tribe or the village or whatever doesn't always look like you think it would look. Mm. So be open to that. Um, I wouldn't think that my village would be made up of so many Nigerians, but that's what the Lord has given us. And like, they mm-hmm. love our daughter uh, more than they love us. Um, they are <laughs> expecting our daughter more than they are expecting us. You know, um, I greet someone on Sunday and they say, where's the baby? And I say, well, I'm good. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of be, be, be open. To yeah. God has made that. I think I, I pictured completely different people to, to surround my family but God, God had something else in mind, and it's even more beautiful than I could ever picture. So, uh, I would just say, be open and and don't like get rid of the picture of what you think your tribe should look like, because God probably has something else in mind. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, as a you know single person without kids, um, something that we just got done having the women's central women's officer retreat. And I had a couple 
uh, moms, you know, call and text and say, hey, I really am so sorry to ask this, but I really want to go and do the exercise class. Would you watch the baby? Mm-hmm. Or I really want to take, you know, go see Greece. You know, can you watch, watch the baby? And I'm like, why do you, why are you apologizing? Like, you are not at all being inconvenient. Like as, and I won't speak for every, you know, single person out there. Um, but one of the books that we read for the Barracks Book Club was Seven Myths of Singleness, I believe is what it was called. Um, and one of them was that, well, one of the chapters talked about how important it is for um, singles to be part of a family unit. Um, one of the things that I love most is when I'm going to visit my, you know, my friends and they invite me into their, you know, nightly routine with their child, you know, singing the songs and reading the book and, you know, saying the prayer, you know, that's such like a sacred moment. And it feels like such a privilege to be part of that because it just, it just reminds me that there's something bigger, you know, like than just myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I just share that because, you know, maybe a lot of times, you know, you parents are thinking, oh, we don't want to inconvenience somebody. Um, But just kind of like what Josh or maybe Shannon was saying, I can't remember, but um, no, like actually it's not an inconvenience, (laughs) you know, like we want to be part of those things and thought about, um, to watch your kids and it's not too much. It's actually really life giving for us. And I think, you know, that's the beauty of a tribe. Um, what would help you also could help us, you know, as, like as the book, the gospel, um, the gospel comes with a house key. Yes. We did that for our book club too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like that's, we just get to do life together and that's a really beautiful thing, um, that we get to do. Uh, we're going to wrap up, but this is going to be kind of something that's not on the pre scheduled of questions, whatever. But if you can think of one, like this is your time to speak to our listeners who are parents who might be struggling, who might have just been through the ringer, going through a difficult season. What is one encouragement, one piece a word from the Lord that you feel like is on your heart, one piece of truth that you can give to that listener. That's the one thing. And the second thing is what is one way that the body of Christ can come alongside parents in a tangible way? So a word of encouragement for the parents listening, and this will be pretty short. I'm just asking for a short thing. Um, and then the second is what's one practical thing that the body of believers can come alongside parents and, you know, really help or encourage or support. Okay. I'll go. <laughs> okay. Hey. First, first one real quick, your, your spiritual, mental, and emotional health matter and mm-hmm. how they matter affects your children. And so it's important mm-hmm. to take care of you. <laughs> And to make sure your health is is good um, physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally. So you, it's okay to take you first because that will then make you a better parent, better wife, better husband, better officer. That's, mm-hmm. it's not being selfless, selfish. It's, it's good. Yeah. Um, and then the second, 
um, body of Christ coming alongside parents to support them. Um, I, I think words matter. Words matter. Mm. And even those like snail mail encouraging notes. I, I have one um, mm. from another officer that I still have on my wall because it was such, it, it was just what I needed. And so our words matter. Those text messages of, I got one, you know, from somebody else, the officer visiting me yesterday, visiting the court yesterday. It was so great to see you. It, we need to build each other up with our words. We, we're torn down too much by them. So words matter. That's good. Thank you. What I will say um, to that parent, and I, I, I mentioned it a lot, um, is to show yourself some grace. You know, um, we are, we're not, we, we hear this all the time, but it is so true. We weren't given a manual. You know, they have books and all of this and that, but that may not necessarily line up to your reality. Mm. And um, so if today, if you, you know, made a mistake, like Shannon mentioned earlier, you know, maybe you lost it and, and, and maybe you need to go and apologize or whatever. And if you have done that, you know, children are some of the best grace givers. They are so mm. good with grace. Like they will even probably forget like in the next five minutes that you went off on them, <laughs> you know, but right. in that same sense, not encouraging that, mm-hmm. um, but in that same sense, you know, the same grace that our children shows us, you know, um, because they look to us to provide our needs, you know, provide their needs. I'm sorry. Um, show yourself some grace. You're mm-hmm. doing it. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. You got this. Um, I mean, Yeah. Show yourself some grace and you got this. And one of the ways um, that the body of Christ can come alongside um, parents and encourage them is um, when you see a parent going, maybe not having one of the best days, walk alongside of them. Don't criticize them Mm. um, because we don't you don't know what we face leaving the house in the car, walking through the doors. You don't know what we just faced. Mm. Um, And so. you know, so when we when we see, you know, our brothers and sisters, because that's what that's who they are. When we see them struggling, you know, emotionally, mentally, whatever the case may be, um, let's be let's show each other grace. I, this grace word is just that's a big deal. <laughs> it it is. I've I've just learned the true meaning of grace in a sense of being able to explain it, and mm. you know, the same way that God excuses us when we have our jacked up days, Mm -hmm. you know, and he allows us the space and opportunity to have that, Mm -hmm. you know, but he also um, lovingly encourages us to, you know, move forward. That's the same way we need to be with each other. Um, And that's important because like Shannon just said, words matter. Mm -hmm. Words matter. And um, they can make a break apparent. You know, you're thinking you're doing good and then here comes somebody else throwing off your entire group. Um, so really quick, um, we could just walk alongside of each other um, as far as parents um, by by showing each other grace. Good. Josh? I think I would say, um, you know, to the parent that feels like whatever they're having that been, is I just pause. I feel like when mm-hmm. I'm in, in that, like, freak out, it's because everything is going, everything is going and I just need to stop. Mm-hmm. I need to pause and, uh, and I'm a thinker. So like, I need to like process and, uh, but like go back and, and process. And I think you, if people were to stop and pause, collect themselves um, and look at what is in front of them, 
whatever that if that is your child like when i look at ag in her face like it's just that moment and uh, kind of like everything melts away so I, I think i would say pause collect yourself look at look at where you at be present uh, i think that's what i would tell myself that's what i would need i have two things um for people that want to come along and i would the first one i would say is uh join the mundane um in our daily lives um i love it when people just like they just come over and it's not like a task. It's not, we're not going somewhere. Uh, I mean, I think when you just came over and we just watched Netflix, mm-hmm. I think their house after Christmas. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that um, yeah. becomes, you just become a part of our, our life. Another thing, um, I would say pray with my daughter, mm-hmm. not for my daughter, mm-hmm. but pray with my daughter. And uh, we've been having this conversation about how do you raise a child that engages in worship, engages in God. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it starts at home. But I think it's more than just Robin and I. And I think that's the other part of the village that we didn't really get to talk about. But um, people coming along her and showing her how to pray and praying mm-hmm. with her and um, making that a part of kind of the, that relationship is uh, we're just going to pray. And uh, it's normal. It's normal to talk to God and engage with God. So um, join the mundane and pray with Oh, man. I haven't cried on an episode in a while, but that one, that one got me. I don't even know why. As soon as you said, pray with my child, like not for her. Um, I was like, huh, like that is so important. Um, Thank you, each of you for being on this episode. Um, Gosh, I, I just can't even imagine, you know, like all of the the blessings of being a parent, all of the challenges. Um, but I know each one of you and you just do it so beautifully, even in the messes. Um, I love your just authenticity, your transparency um, in that mess, but also the joy um, that you bring to your family, to those around you. I mean, each one of you, um, I think the world of you, um, so thank you for being part of this. I think it's a really important conversation. And for those of you listening, um, you know, let's just remind ourselves, like the barracks, like this is what this is, right? We we came together. We were in the tent. We kind of got the nourishment that we needed. We joined together um, in that community. And then we'd go back out. You know, we go back out into the fight. And that means that now we, what do we do? We go check in with our like the parents in our in our tribes parents in our core in our community the soldiers the adherents the volunteers the people who just walk in for food pantry we check up on our parents right um and then for the parents you know invite your tribe into your life into the the mundane things that josh said i love that um like we're, we're in this together like we're in this fight together so um I pray that you all were blessed by listening. And uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Amanda. Bye. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening.